you tuned in to Rodney Perry Live, and this show is about to get crazy. You understand me? First of all, thank y'all for always tuning in. Please uh, check out some of the older shows. Check out the archives because they this this show is timeless. You understand me? I mean, I would let somebody else toot my horn, but ain't nobody else got the horn but me. So I'm telling y'all right now, check it out. We are doing it. So, um, uh, of course, you know, uh, I, we travel all around the country, all around the world. I got a chance earlier this year to go on the Tom Joyner cruise where I got to meet face-to-face this lady. Her name is Tammy Roman, and when I tell you, just one of the coolest human beings you're going to meet. You understand me? Cool as hell, and and I don't know what you think of her. You've seen on the reality shows, you know, if you're a ride-or-die chick, you love her. You know, if you like one of the other girls, you might not like her. But let me tell you something. Good people, and that's all I ask out of anybody. Just be a good person. Uh, her website is official, TammyRoman.com. The Twitter, she's at Tammy Roman, and the Facebook is official, uh, Tammy Roman fan page. She's an actress, uh, a mother, and uh, just a cool chick, man. Can, can I say, uh, Tammy, is you on the line? I am on the line. Oh my God, shit! You had my horn. Yeah, <laughs> you you was too net. I like that. <laughs> you, you, you How know are what? you? I, I'm such a fan. Um, I, I I love I love you as an actress. I love you as a human being because I think reality kind of lets you in on the on the on the person. You know, even though it, you you know it can it can sometimes be a caricature of who you are. You know, we don't get to see you every day. And that's what I think people right. lose sight of when they look at reality. They say, "Well, I, you know, this is every day, but that's like a, a slice of your life." So, right. um, but to to meet you and to watch you interact with your fans and people was very impressive. Um, talk to me about what this journey is, Tammy, because you have reinvented yourself several times in this game. Well, well, and I do want to address that, but I also want to say. The, the the fanfare is is goes both ways. I've watched you, I've seen your comedy. I had the pleasure of watching you on the cruise. So I, I the love is reciprocated in in your field as well. I'm I'm equally a fan of yours. But uh, the journey, uh, you know, for me, uh, you know, I started in the game on the real world, and you know, I was 23 years old, and I just thought it was cool to live in a house <laughs> on the right. beach and have my rent paid. And, you know, I didn't really understand the magnitude of what the real world at that time, what it would become and the reality genre that it was spurned so many years later. Um, but, you know, I'm a person that uh, I feel like I have a story and that I have a testimony in, in so many different areas of my life. And I had vowed actually never to return back to reality TV because I had spent the past 14 years acting, you know, and I wanted to be taken seriously, you know, like I respect the craft and, you know, it's like I'm an actress, you know, I'm not doing no reality TV. And, you know, one day I found myself sitting in the house with two kids, my lights was off. <laughs> you know, wow. uh, you know, I, I I was having problems paying my phone bill, my card note. They came and repossessed that in the middle of the night, and I said, "Well, what can I do, Lord? What what can I do?" And it just was so clear. It was like, okay, you need to talk about this. There's that show that's on TV. They had asked you to do it when they were getting started. 
You turned it down. Now see if you can get back on it and, and rebuild yourself and let everybody know the real of what it's like to have been, you know, a basketball wife. And sometimes the aftermath isn't all glitz and gold. And so I ended up on Basketball Wives. <laughs> wow. man! I mean, that's such an awesome story because when you're in it and it's bad, it's bad. So to now be on the other side of that, and what, what what must that feel like for you? It, it's a blessing because you know you know coming on the show. I didn't know. I always just try to be as transparent as I can be. I don't put on airs. I don't try to act like I have so much and you know you have so little. The have and have nots. You know that's not really who I am as an individual. I wasn't raised to be that way. So I just came on to tell my story. And surprisingly, everybody was like, oh, we love her. She's so real. She's so, you know, and I am, but it was just a wonderful blessing to have people receive me that way because, you know, our show is not about, you know, it's really not about that. It's all about, you know, the lifestyle, having pedicures and manicures and getting your hair done and having lunch and having wine, you know, and all of that stuff, you know, and it's the lifestyle of these women. And my lifestyle really didn't mirror theirs. So it was exciting to see people gravitate towards me and love me so much. But but I think I think what what's dope about you is that you're consistent. And this is what I ask out of any human being. Just because even if you're an asshole, be an asshole all the time. So when I need an asshole, I know who to call. You feel me? So you're like super duper consistent. Let's let's go back to to the real, real world who now we look at as really almost the grandfather of reality. Right. You know, so you you do that. I mean, you and David Edwards have this this monumental moment on screen yes. which yes. which is now soft compared to what we Some see haters. in reality. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but I remember at that moment that being like a moment, you know, What's it like to look at that and then to look at, you know, this genre that you really kind of helped create? Well, you know, I can't take all the credit. Heather B. was before me, so, <laughs> you know, you I started know, right? this whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Wow, you I know, forgot so, about Heather B. Yeah, what? Heather B. Wow. started this whole thing, and then, you know, I picked up the picked up the reins after that. But, um, you know, for me, it's, like I said, I only know what I I'm about and the type of person that I am, and I just always go on and try to be as real as I can be in the moments of my life as they play out. You know, the situation with David, like you said back then, it seemed so monumental. It seemed so, oh, my God, you know, and now, you know, you can't, if you do that on reality TV and you don't actually reach out and punch somebody in their face, you might get right. fired and lose your job. You ain't throwing you know? throw a drink in his face? What? <laughs> right. What? what? No, you got to go, you know. So um, to see what it has turned into, you know, I, I'm not necessarily sure. I can only speak on our show, and I know that all the ladies on our show, we just come on and we tape and we approach things how we would, you know, that's why we receive so much criticism because, you know, we're we're all in, well in our over our 30s, and so a lot of times we don't handle things as as properly as we should, or we may not, <laughs> right. do, you know, we may not do them the way somebody else who's watching is. But that's because we're being real and we're handling them the way we would realistically in those moments, good, bad, or indifferent. Now other shows, I think that they're 
are moments where people do things to get camera time. People do things mm-hmm. to be what you consider the breakout star. And so they may not necessarily be handling things as real as they would. Or they transition from being real when they first come on, and then all of a sudden they're this, you know, bigger-than-life personality. And it's like, well, who's that person? Because that's not who you were first season, you know, so that, that plays back onto your consistency moment. You know, so I don't I don't really necessarily know that I like what it's turning into because I'm not necessarily sure that people are being as real as they can be at all times. Hey, y'all, this is Roddy Perry. You're tuning in to Roddy Perry Live. We're talking to Miss Tammy Roman. Basketball-wise, Season 5 premieres Monday, August 19th, uh, 8 p.m. 7 Central. Um, you have, we talk about breakout stars. You, you've become a breakout star on this show. Um how has your family received it? I, you know, my family really consisted of five people, <laughs> you know, as far as I, I'm, I was concerned. My grandmother, my mother, and my two daughters. And, the and you know, the, the my grandmother and my mother have since passed. So, you know, for my daughters, they've always just kind of uh, tried to separate themselves so like they, you know, it's like, okay, if they need us to come and talk about something, fine, we will, but we really don't want to, you know. And then the aftermath of things that I have done on the show, my children are really just like, oh, gosh, Mom, really? You know, because people don't let a child stay in a child's place. And, you know, mm-hmm. because I smacked Mika, that doesn't mean you should tweet my daughter. You know, it's just like, right, hey, you, know, you have something yeah. you want to say, say it to me, you know, and, and let the kids be the kids. But, you know. For them, it's like that is mom, like you know, and so they they find resolve in the fact that even though people are messing with us, we know that that's really you, you know, and and we would rather have you be your real self than be something else than than they receive the repercussions of me being someone else on TV and coming home being a different person. So at the end of the day, they know it's it's me, and I'm growing and learning and developing just like everybody else is. You spoke to some of the criticism, you know, you know, I'm, and and you know, we've all heard the different stuff. How how do you deal with that? Because I mean, you can't address it all, you right. know. No, I, I definitely can't address it all. And you know, for the most part, my journey on basketball wise, I have actually been able to handle. Um, I think mm-hmm. the hardest thing that that where I shut down was a, the situation that I had last season with the young lady in Tahiti. And, you know, people started calling me a bully, and, you know, it really took a, a negative turn. And that was hard for me because I'm not a bully. I'm not that person. Right. And I really felt left out on a limb, so to speak, because the way that the way that the show came off, the way that it was presented to the viewers was not necessarily how things transpired. And so for the very first time, I felt like I was out there by myself and nobody was sticking up for me because they were I was being portrayed as something that I'm really not, and that bothered me. Yeah, you know, I've talked with, you know, several different reality stars from different shows, and that's kind of a through line is that you, you can, you know, once you've lived it, you kind of let it go, but then it gets another life in the editing bay. 
you know, and it gets right. another life well, it, once it, it airs. into something in the editing bay. We don't, we don't necessarily know what it's going to turn into. We, we live the moment, and then they turn it into what they need it to be. Then it airs, and then, you know, you live through all of that, and that could be a year's process. <laughs> you know, like for us, when this show comes out August 19th, we taped this stuff a year ago. You wow. know, so now we've got to relive those moments, and then particularly for me, they're showing the show in South Africa, so I got Africans cursing me out. <laughs> what are you? What would you treat like that way? <laughs> Tell me, Roman, you are a bully. Yeah, you are a bully. You know, so for me, you know, I'm like, oh lord, you know, that was two years ago now. You know, so it's just really you keep reliving it, and you can never. Uh, outgrow it. Like, even real world, they started playing those again as an anniversary, and so then, you know, people are like, whatever happened with you and that dude that you got kicked out? You know, it's like all of this stuff all over again, you know, so you can never outgrow it. <laughs> wow, that's so crazy. But you, you, one of the things I love about these shows is they give you an opportunity to kind of, to, to, show your, to show yourself as a business, and and you 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 never slow down. You always keep it cracking. You have a a a, a, a cosmetics line. Yes, I, I started T R Love Cosmetics, and that is you are so right about that. It does give you a platform to do so many things. Uh, you know, I've got a jewelry line, bfoxy dot com. I've got T R Hair dot com, which is my weave hair for the sisters who wear weave, and then of course I got TR Love Cosmetics, which is my first venture. And uh, you know, I started that because, like I said, when I fell on hardship, the only thing I could really afford to do was go get a manicure and a pedicure, and maybe wow. occasionally buy some new lip gloss. You know, just that I felt like I was loving on myself. And so conceptually, I like to do things that are organic to me. I don't put my name on anything that I don't use, that I can't give a testimony about. Even with, you know, the, the weight loss supplement Envy Clinical that I'm the spokesperson for, I use that product and it works for me. They don't just okay. use my name. I don't just take a check, you know, and I can use checks. But, I mean, you know, I think that my integrity is more important that, and that people know that my word means something. So I always attach myself to products that I actually believe in and stand behind. And TR Love Cosmetics was one of those ventures, you know, that I said, you know, well, ladies, you know, y'all go and get your nails manicured and pedicured. Here's some polish. Here's some lip gloss, you know, and it's coming from me, and it's it's with love from me. Yeah. I, I, I love that that you you know lend your your image and your name to stuff that you care about because I, I think that's very important. I, one thing I had to learn as as a husband, you know, when I was on my grind, my hustle, we building, you know, building our building a brand that I had to build in my budget that my wife needed certain things like a her nails done, like her right. hair done. <laughs> You know, because yes. you know, you know, a dude, we can cut our own hair and be good. Yeah, you know, get clippers and keep it moving. <laughs> Man, but but you know, I had to learn that I had to build her necessities or stuff that I looked at as a as a luxury is a necessity to her. Um, how is it that the business hasn't like swallowed you up, man? Because you seem so resilient to me. 
Well, you know, because I'm in the business, not of the business. You know, I think if I were of the business, I'd be a lot further along. <laughs> you know, but they, like I said, there there are things that you know, based on my upbringing, that I'm that I'm not going to do, things I'm not going to be involved in, things I'm not going to say, and I'm not very I'm not a very Hollywood chick. You know, I don't. I just moved from Los Angeles, you know, because I I didn't want to be a part of that you know, that L.A. Hollywood life, you know, and I'm a New York girl, you know, and I keep my roots very close to home. And and most importantly, I have a church home, you know, and I think let, that people, let him use you. Yeah. yeah, you know, I think that people um, don't really, um, you know, honor their relationship with God more so than they honor their relationships with the world. And for me, he is the the head of our household for me and my children, and so I don't need to be in Los Angeles to get a job, you know. And so that's you know, and I don't need to be your friend because you sleeping with this one so that I can get in on that level, you know. I, I'm just I take what comes to me, and I know that that what comes to me is organic and it's real and it's sent from him, and that's just how I view everything. Now, now I gotta ask you this, Tammy. Now, I know you keeps it real, so I'm just gonna throw it out there. Is that me? Do you not age? Okay. <laughs> do you I'm sleep aging, in some type me, of? I got gray hairs and faces you don't even <laughs> know about. Yeah, but <laughs> you know it's holding up well. You know the old girl is holding up well. You know, and and I'm thankful for that. You know, I just come from good genes. You know, I just been blessed, but. I'm definitely 43 years old, and I'm proud to say it because some people didn't make it to 43, and I'm yes, still here yes, kicking along. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be I'll be 43 in September, so I feel you Daddy. all the way. You know, <laughs> are, are we gonna get a chance to see Tammy Roman, the actress, more, man? Because I, we did a, we actually did a movie together. We 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 were in yes. Uh, the, uh, the tears of a clown. Tears of a clown. Years ago, yeah. Curry. Yes. And you 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 uh, were awesome in that. You know we did our thing. I wish you know I I hate when movies like that don't don't get legs that don't you know the you know don't go as far as we would like for them to go. But I'm definitely wanting to return back to acting because, as I said, you know, I never thought I'd be on reality TV. So I'm hoping that uh, I can transition back into what I really love to do. We just did a seven-episode show for TV One called Bells that starred Miguel Nunez and Ella Joyce and my sister Elise Neal and Keith David. You know, we were really, really excited about that show and I just think, you know, the timing wasn't right and TV One didn't pick it back up. But I'm hoping that there will be more opportunities for me in that world. You know, they ain't got but so much money over there, too. They probably couldn't afford <laughs> all y'all. <laughs> it, was, it was an expensive show, you know. You know, we had Ed Weinberger, who created the Cosby's, you know, who was the creator and director of our, writer-director of our show. So now that you said that, yes, it probably was the most expensive thing Yeah, they had by, the, by the time, wait a minute, well, y'all got through with them, they'd be a TV <laughs> negative one. <laughs> you probably right. <laughs> you know, but but I, I'm so excited for, for what's next for you, man, and and uh, the, the show, again, uh, Basketball Wives, uh, Monday, August 19th. Are you excited yeah. for people to see what y'all did? I, I am excited because, you know, after we went through our little, um, you know, our, our hardship, I guess, for the show, 
last year, you know, they wanted to pull us off. They wanted to, you know, and, and it took all of that to make what we, meaning the cast, were saying for three seasons. You've got to show more of us. It can't just be the drama. People have to know from whence the, you know, where it comes from. You know, you got to tell full stories. So this time around, it is it is going to be different. I won't say that there's not any drama because that would be a lie. I won't say that there aren't any fights because that would be a lie. <laughs> you know, but there is a more well-rounded view of each cast member, and you get to see me with my children, me with my mother, and I think that's very poignant now because she's no longer here, you know, and Evelyn and her situation with Chad and how she lived through that and Shawnee and her business. I mean, like, it's going to be a much more well-rounded picture of everybody this season, and I'm I'm excited about that. This is the real. Can, can I keep it real as a, as a watcher, first of all? Yes. People be lying, okay? People will sit there and criticize y'all and watch that marathon all the way through. You know, but but we are so. I, I talked to a, um, uh, one of the ladies that was in the black exploitation era, okay? And okay. she was like, Rodney, we were not exploited, we were working. We were working. We were doing movies. We were on television. We were working. And then all of a sudden the audience decided that they didn't want to be seen that way. And right. these people were out of work for decades. I think it's a similar animal. It's that some t- at some point human beings hit some moral thing, and all of a sudden they don't want to be seen that way anymore. It's just one little click. But man, I I say y'all keep doing what y'all doing. I didn't say I love to talk to the TV. I'd be like, damn, <laughs> you be yelling at me, <laughs> damn it, duck. He should come, damn it. Don't let her talk to you like that, damn it. <laughs> I love well, it. I appreciate that. You know, I I really do appreciate that. And we're thankful that everybody still is hanging in and everybody's excited about the new season. But I even more appreciate the comment you just made from the the female that was a part of the black exploitation era. And that is true. We're working. We're just trying to work. I'm just trying to feed my children, you know, in the in the vehicle that's presented to me, you know. But um, at the same time, people have to remember we don't represent every African-American female in, in, a, in, the, in the world we representing ourselves And so we're living our lives and our moments And I think if people stop judging us And criticizing so much And just watch our stories they will, they, they will see what we're trying to deliver And that's just being real Being humans Going through stuff Good, bad, or indifferent And coming out the best way we know how And every person can relate to that but may not, you know, may not be living it the way Tammy's living it. And I think people just need to just cut us cut us a break sometimes. <laughs> now, you got the cosmetic line. You got the weave, you understand, which everybody yes, needs yes. that. I, remember, remember when weave was a secret? <laughs> yes. Remember when Sha- we all thought Shaka Khan had good hair? Yes. I, I do. And Diana Ross. Shaka Khan got a little natural like Florida Evans. Let me tell you something. <laughs> We was a secret, and now and now uh, it's not anymore. And you got all these great businesses, and they tell me you got a book in progress. Yes, I'm working on a book called Mistress 101, 
and I'm, I'm excited about it because what I'm, you know, when I was married, Rodney, my husband, I have to find the chick that he didn't sleep with because I just want to talk to her. <laughs> uh, <you know. laughs> but he, he, he spread as as Miss Evelyn Braxton says, spread laid it low and spread it wide, you know. But he did his thing, and I, I left that relationship wondering, like, well, what's wrong with me? You mm-hmm. know, why am I? You know, I'm cute. I look good, you know. And I went through all of that. And I, I sat down with several women who were mistresses, and I came to realize that there was nothing wrong with me, but they were taking what I wasn't giving and using it to their advantage. And that's why he found solace in them and not me. So this book is just conversations that I've had with the other woman and taking what she has and bringing it back home to the women so that they can keep their relationships. Now, now, I, I think conceptually that's that's incredible, but I think, and you tell me if you agree with this, that as as men and women, our generation, especially those of us in our forty somethings, I think that this generation is at a loss because we don't have clear reference points of that that whole family unit. You know, I think as a, as a as a man. You know, you go through your life, and sometimes you may have been a product of a single parent. Right, so single parent. So it's not to say that, that 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 mother or that father isn't equipped to raise you. I mean, it, it's, it happens all the time. But those children tend to be a little off balance, and I think we are the result of that off-balanceness. You know what I mean? I, that, you know I know what, that's not feel, a word, off-balanceness. No, but I I felt you. I knew what you were trying to say. But, uh, no, I agree with you, and I do touch on that in the book. But also, to, to, to piggyback off of what you're saying, that is definite across the board in this, particularly the African-American community. A lot of people are being raised in single-parent households. Not saying that mothers aren't involved or fathers aren't involved. They can still be present, but just not in the household. And so I do actually touch on that in the book, but I think that the cycle, what I'm trying to do with the book is break the cycle for people who are in relationships currently, how to have them maintain those and sustain those so that that cycle is not repetitive and they're able to be both parents, both people working towards one common goal, which is raising their children if there are some present. But at at the core of it, having African-American women and African-American men Stay in their relationships for the long haul, and that's what I'm trying to teach my sisters: how wow. to keep your man at home. <laughs> wow, awesome! Now, now let me ask you this: uh, like you said, you went through it with, with with your husband at that point, your ex-husband. Is there a point where you knew and you just let it go, or when you found out, was it a wrap? No, when I found out, he apologized, and then I found out the second time. <laughs> you know, and, and and we fought, and he apologized. And then by the third time, it became, for me, although I wanted to leave, then it's like, well, I got my kids. What am I going to do because right. I got my yeah. children? So I, I battled with that. Then I also battled with, you know, Kenny and I were both very public figures at the time, and people thought I was a gold digger, and people thought it wasn't going to last, and, he, you know, what she shouldn't have married him because they all cheat. And I didn't want the public to be right. So I right. sat in the relationship only because I didn't want what people had speculated what was going to be the outcome of our relationship for that to be a, an actual reality. 
Um, and outside, of, the reason I left is outside of the infidelity, there were other things. And, you know, you put your hands on me, now that's where it goes wrong. And for right. us, it, that element was introduced into our relationship, and that's when I had to finally leave, regardless to what people would have thought or anything like that. It was, it was more about leaving so that my daughters wouldn't witness that and think that was okay to, to be in that type of situation. Wow. Well, you know, people look at domestic violence and you, you look at the two people, but, you know, the, the residual effect is how it affects our children. I mean, I saw my mother Absolutely. abused, and uh, it, it definitely affects, you know, your journey through life. So I applaud you, and I'm a fan, and I can't thank you enough for coming on, Tam. Hey. Hello. Oh, you, you, Hello. You broke up. Yeah, there we go. You broke up a little bit. Yeah. Okay. No, I was saying thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure, and thank you very much. Hey, sis. Thank you so much. Hey, y'all. This is Roddy Perry. You're tuning in to Roddy Perry Live. That's Miss Tammy Roman. She's got a, all kind of great stuff going on. Go and check her out. She's at. She's at Tammy Roman. She's. I'm sorry. At official. TammyRoman.com. She's at Tammy Roman on Twitter and official Tammy Roman fan page on Facebook. Tammy, you're the best. Y'all, that's our show. Y'all stay blessed and keep pushing. And hey, y'all, stay right there. We come back. More Rodney Perry Live. Fourth down, coach. What do we do? I'll tell you what we do. I want you to go on the field. Look for anyone with an O. Let's kill them. With kindness. Jimmy, I want you to make balloon animals. Tyler, make little tea cozy. Something fun. Are you okay? <laughs> we will win this for Mother Russia. Coach, you just Snickers. Why is that, Chief? You get a little loopy when you're hungry. Better? Better. Now let's go work! Yeah! Go get them, guys. You're not you when you're hungry. Snickers satisfies. Rodney Perry. The name of the show is Rodney Perry Live, and you can give us a call and let us know what you think. Direct feedback, direct con- This is my number. Give me a call. 404-941-6456. 404-941-6456. Shoot me a text. Say what you want to say. Let Rodney Perry know. You never know. I might take your comment and put it on the air. That's the type of brother you're dealing with. Give us a call. 404 941 the Rodney Perry Hotline. Hey, y'all, it's your boy Rodney Perry, and we are back live and direct. Man, we got it's time to take the show to a place where it needs to go, you understand? I'm about to bring in my man, hitting us up, McKinley. You in there? Where you at? What's going on, bro? What's going on? Man, I, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on, dog. You got so much stuff going on. Uh, you, you're... you're uh, model, okay, people don't even know about, actor, poetize, what, what don't you do? Man, I'm trying to figure that out. If I can't do what I'm working on it. So, man, that's, that's, that's the hustle, though, you know what I mean? Man, man, I love it, man. Speak to me about the hustle, man, because, you know, as we make this journey as actors and, and, and writers and, you know, and, and the respective creative areas, people – don't know what it takes to, you know, when the world don't know yet. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, you already know, man. I think it's a, there's a couple pieces of that. One one thing is that, um, man, you gotta you gotta know what you want uh, before everybody else recognizes that you have it. If that makes any sense. So it's like, yeah, you know, you gotta know where you want to go and be, you know, unwavering in your in your journey to get there because there's gonna be plenty of you know ups and downs. You know what I mean? But I think the most important thing for me is that, you know, and and life, no matter what you, what path you choose, is gonna be ups and downs. So so why? You know, burden yourself with other people's expectations or ideas of what your life should be, and you, you define those and let them be your ups and downs. At least, you know, it's on choices that you make. So, uh, and, and you know, how, you know, how it goes. And along along the way, you'll get lots of no's, but you know, after a while, that's just part of the yes. And you know, you just keep it moving. You know, but you got to see the end. You got to see the end from the beginning. Um, you know, continue to plug away even when it seems like there's nothing in front of you. You know what I mean? Okay, give me these two people. Give me the person. Other than you, that believed in you, you know, before the movies, and give me the person that you, you know, what the person that, that you still cool with that didn't believe. Man, the, well, the person, I mean, it, it, it's cliche, but the person that that believed in me uh, before anybody else were, were, were my mom and dad. Um, yeah. You know, I, I had, uh, you know, went went to school route. Man, I got a bachelor's in finance and an MBA in marketing. I was, you know. Worked for IBM there for a second, doing like worldwide marketing and stuff, and I was flying all around the world, you know, success doing that successfully. Uh, but then when when uh, when the passion hit me for acting and this other stuff, you know, I, I I was choosing to step away, and my parents were just like, "Look, we we believe you can do anything, and if that's what you choose to do, we believe it'll work for you." And uh, you know that you know as an adult, you know, you do you you blaze your own path and you go your own way, and you you know you you make your own decisions, but still have that kind of support is uh, you know, you can't really measure how how great that is. And as far as man, as far as far as the people or the person that says you know that I might be cool with, <laughs> no, no, not be cool with that, that 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 doubted it, man. I don't I don't really know, man, because at the end of the day, I just throw it in the fire and it just makes more fuel. So it could be a name, yeah. it could be a person, it could be a moment, it could be you know a, a casting person, it could be it could be. It doesn't take much for me. I wake up in the morning motivated, so it doesn't. It, I don't need a name or face to, to, to make me work harder. Um, so I don't necess- I don't think I necessarily have one specific person. Um, but doubt other people's doubt or whatever, man. It's like, man, okay, let me let me just. I don't have to say nothing. Just watch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't believe. Mean, don't you, believe you got, just watch. You you got such a great great resume, man. I mean, as I look down at 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 the projects you've been a part of from from end to watch to which which my girl Chandrella Avery is in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and uh, Delta Forest and Sharpshooters and years later. Man, such a – and then, I mean, you got TV. You have to be one hell of an auditioner. Man, bro, I tell you what, um, that it, – it's funny, man. At some point, everything kind of slows down. I mean, when you first mm-hmm. when you first get into it, you know, you – you know, you, you get in the rooms and you're concerned about all these other things, and at some point it's just like, man, you just have to stop caring. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's when, ironic. When, when, when was that for you? When did you go, you know what, if I book it, I book it. If I don't, I don't. Man, it was, uh, man, bro, it was, it was it was probably good, I don't know, five, six years ago, man, where, you know, I, I just, I've always had a, a the, the mentality that, uh, you know, somebody else's success, is, somebody else's step forward isn't my step backwards, and I've always believed that. Um, wow. But then, you know, ha- having to, you know, go through this casting process and seeing things happen, and, and ultimately there's so many there's so many choices that are outside of, um, so many things, factors that go into choices that are outside of your your control. Um, why, why spend time worrying about them? So it's just like, you know what, I'm going to go here and have fun and 
you know, one one of the things that I try to tell folks is that, like, man, whether you choose to, to do acting or, you know, as you're doing with the radio stuff, it's like, listen, man, like, let, let's, let, I'm, I'm, let's look down the road here, and you're going to win a bunch of radio awards, going to do bigger and better things and all these other things, but, yo, the positive... Um, uh, the positive outcome and, 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 and the feeling that goes along with that, you shouldn't just have that when you get there. you got to learn how to enjoy the process. And if you can do that, um, it makes all the small steps along the way, you know, it, just part of the journey. So, man, you know, I go, in, I, go in the, um, I go into these auditions and stuff, man, and I'm just like, man, I want to go in and have fun, and when I leave the room, I want to know that I did what I came here to do. And I, and I do that, you know what I mean? And whether they... Right. Whether whether they choose me or not, man, that's outside of my control, and you know I keep it moving, bro. I don't really too much think about it. You know what I mean? And if one of my boys gets it or somebody else, man, congratulations to them, and you know it's on to the next one. I don't really spend too much time worried about it. I, I love it, man. Hey, y'all, this is Rodney Perry. You tuned in to Rodney Perry Live. We're talking to Mr. McKinley Freeman, dog. Um, as an actor in this game, it, it is super competitive. It is. Um, a place where you got to put that work in that people don't see that work. Talk to the actor that might listen to this show today about the work you've put in, you know, whether that's yeah. acting classes. Because people don't understand. They just see you and they think, oh, he just came out of nowhere, but that's not true. No, nah, I mean, when I was working, before I even got into this full, I mean, I was doing it full time when I was working for IBM, so I was working 50, 70 hours a week and then would, you know, get off Get get off work, go to the gym, and then sit in acting class till one or two o'clock in the morning. Then get up at four or five o'clock in the morning and do it all over again. So, you know, there's, there's a there's a there's a choice um, about the direction I wanted my life to go that I wanted to be consistent with. But as far as the work, man, it's like in all the years I've been I've been in L.A. probably about eight years, and in and in those eight years, man, I probably missed acting class or being in, being in class for about two months. Um, right. Whether I wanted to be there or not, it's like going to the gym. Sometimes you don't want to go there, but it's, it's not all, it's not exactly what you want. It's what you need uh, to arm yourself with the information and the tools to be able to be successful, you know, in the journey or whatever. But man, it's a hustle, bro. Like you know, going into um, you know pilot season uh, last year, when, you know, the, the season when I booked uh, hit the floor and I also booked Devious Made. You know, there was a, a time there when it was slow for me, man, and like I was like I wanted wanted to stay on par, so I got a. Um, Diana Castle is a really great acting coach here in California. Uh, mm-hmm. She got me in the habit of, you know, spending at least an hour a day working on just doing imagination work, man. So I have this book that has like 365 poems, and I would just take whatever day it was. I mean, it's, it's you know, January, February, blah, blah, blah. I would take whatever day it was and just spend an hour a day on a, a new poem every day, just working my imagination with, uh, you know, different poets and stuff and just really allowing myself to, to see what it is that they saw when they wrote, if that makes any sense. So... Um, wow. It's just it's it's a creative it's like creative gymnastics I mean, like will I ever have to do that on some of this stuff no but it's like you know you you do all these exercises and, and and stay engaged you know from a creative perspective so that when you get on set you know you can be uh um you can be the you know most complete tool for at the director's disposal to create the, the perfect picture in their eyes so it's just about being you know being prepared man because you just never know like the smallest thing. You know, the small thing you might step on there and do, much what you might think might be a little off, but you do it anyway. They might be like, "Oh, you know what? We like that. We want you to you do that more. <laughs> Whatever that thing is, just keep doing it." You know what I mean? So it's it's fun, man. But um, the cool thing about the process for me, especially with hit the floor, is it was kind of the first time where you know you book like guest stars and co-stars. You go into mm-hmm. a situation where about you know ninety ninety five percent they know exactly how they want you to be. You're you're there to help move the story along and. And do your thing, but with, with hit the floor, man. You know they say, okay, here's some words on the page. Now go create something. We trust it. 
you know what I mean? So uh, you got to have the confidence and also, you know, the, the, the work ethic to be able to do that. And um, I'm, I'm very grateful for, you know, the teachers that I've worked with and the things that I've learned along the way that helped prepare me for that opportunity. So, and the rest, I mean, we're done shooting, so now the episodes are coming on, and, you know, I guess it's just a matter of time to figure out if it worked or not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I might be answering answer Now, now, now Hit, hit the Floor is, is a dance series. Well, Hit the Floor is a, it's a drama, um, on, a scripted drama on VH1 that has a, a strong dance element, but it isn't necessarily a dance show because there's a lot of okay. overlapping from a dance team with the basketball team, uh, ownership, and all this other stuff. So it's a... It's a, it's it's definitely a, a drama as opposed to a, a dance, but there is a dance. There's like a strong dance component to it. I mean, we have one of the best choreographers in the world, Michael Rooney, that choreographed the dance sequences for the whole first season. And then, if you look at the dancers themselves, like some of them were either one or were runners up on So You Think You Can Dance or tour with Lady Gaga or. Oh wow! You know, so they the real deal when it comes to dance. Oh look, bro. Let me tell you something. Man. I got to ask gotta, you. They got you dancing on there, Mac? Man, come on, bro. I got a two set for you. It's like it's like a nice pair of jeans, bro. It goes with anything, you know. But these these, 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 um, these ladies are amazing, you know. I got like a profound respect for dance after you know spending a lot of time getting to know them and, and see them, see how hard they work. It's 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 really amazing, man. So, um, but so there's a strong dance component. But the great thing that uh, James LaRose, uh, he's the executive producer and the writers did was, you know, make it a compelling story. So even if the dance component wasn't part of it. The story is so compelling um, that I think it intrigues people anyway. So it all works together. Now, now when you book a show like this, right? Like yeah. you said, you, you've been you've been guest starring, co-starring, and doing. On this show, you wanted to, you wanted the dudes. Like, what's that? What's that? What's the difference for you? I mean, is your trailer bigger? You know, is, is it? You know, you got cable. You know, what, what's different? <laughs> You know what the difference is? Is the, the responsibility is greater. I mean, the trailer is the same size. You know, you know, you, you, there are certain things that come along with it that you have to be thinking about, like you know, you know, publicists and all these other things that you know might necessarily were weren't on the priority list, but should be. You know, as you go about trying to create a brand and and um, you know build that part of your business. But the real thing for me, man, is just you know I, I don't get caught up in all that uh, all that stuff. You know what I mean? My, my thing is about it's about the work first and foremost, and the rest of the stuff comes so. My thing is that the biggest thing for me is just the responsibility, you know, both to the show and to myself. Because I'm like, I'm, I'm other, you know, I hoop, you know, all, uh, coming up and I play basketball in college. And one of the things I remember, one of our coaches told me in high school was like, man, you don't ever want to like just coach through practice and then you know you mess around and not win a state championship and you look back and say, man, we should have worked, I should have worked harder in practice. Wow. Well, that kind of mentality, man, with with, with acting and, and pre- preparing for hit the floor, it's like, man, I don't want to. I hate to be on the phone with you right now and 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 be ninety nine point seven percent confident that I did everything, but in the back of my mind, there's point oh three that's like, man, I could have done more. Um, so in that regard, it's like, man, there's a responsibility to, to to do my, you know, it's to do my job at a high level, but underneath that is, you know, all the small things that make that possible. So, man, you're doing the work, you're putting the work in, and and now it, it's starting to pay off. I mean. The show is hitting the streets. Can, have you felt it yet? Yeah, you know, it's um, it's one of those things, man. Like, you know, it's you know, uh, when I go to the gym in the morning, like, I, you know, the show premieres, the, the new episodes air on Monday, right? On um, Monday nights on VH1, um, like nine nine Eastern, eight Central, and then I think eight and nine Pacific time. 
But the next day and throughout the week, they re-air, man. So I'm at, like, literally, I'm at the gym this morning, man, and I, I, I'm on this machine. I'm on a little cardio machine, and the, the show is on. I'm like, oh, man, I got to get away from this TV. You know what I mean? I'm like, you know, one, I don't, one, I don't, one I don't want to be, like, sitting there watching you, you it. Don't don't wanna, you don't want to be that dude, you know, watching nah, your show. no. Nah. <laughs> No, nah, I'm not trying to be that guy. It's, it's slightly nerve-wracking, and it's just like, man, let me just, because that's done. You know, I can't, I can't go back and change that. Let me, you know, let me right. focus, wrap my mind around what potentially may be coming next. But it, it's been cool, man. Like, I think um, the response on social media has been has been fantastic, and, I, you know, I, I've been doing a, a pretty decent job of keeping up with folks on Twitter and, and, and Instagram, replying to people, and, you know, I think that's a big part of it, you know, as time allows. But um, But on the whole, man, it's going well. I think... The word of mouth about the show is is getting around, and I think again, um, the show speaks for itself. I mean, I think there's a lot of uh, intriguing, entertaining moments in it, and and there's a lot there's a lot more stuff to come. So I just think that uh, people seem to be uh, interested in, in in how the story goes and the relationships with the characters and stuff. So you know, it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun, um, and and I definitely give my hats off to my castmates and everything for you know putting in the work and you know buying into this thing as a team that we could build something pretty cool and I think um the responses that maybe that maybe we have and I guess as the season progresses we'll 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 definitely continue to find out. So that's exciting. Man, that's super duper exciting. Now this this is a question I like to ask anytime I get to talk to an actor. If you could play a human being that's, you know, living or lived um in a feature film, who would that be? Well I got a two part answer. If we're talking okay. about like you know like perhaps like a biopic kind of thing, like I would yeah, love maybe, to maybe like a biopic or or, oh. or maybe like a type of person if you want to go there. Sure. Well, if it was a biopic, I think I would I would love to play Marvin Gaye. Um, wow. I think his influence um, through you know his music influence speaks for itself. But then, if you understand the context of the times, it, it provides an even greater uh, respect and uh, insight into what the music represented, like, w- w- like what's going on. Like, you know, like if you think of, listen to the lyrics of what's going on and understand the context of, like, you know, Vietnam and when it all came out, like, that's yeah. that's a pretty powerful thing, you know what I mean? Um, and, and then, of course, that's right on the heels of the civil rights movement, and, you know, we're still we're in the process of, you know, healing as a nation and, and beginning to understand new things and get greater revelations about who we are as humans and those kinds of things. So that's... That's kind of one thing, but and, and on the other on the other hand, it would be cool to like play a superhero, and be you know kind of be like one of those cats because you know I grew up you know I always read comic books and stuff when I was a kid, and to, to have an opportunity to be some kind of superhero or action movie, or I don't, I don't know if that'd be like Shaft three point or whatever, whatever, right, right, whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever that might be, man, you know what I mean? That, that could be cool too, man. So, so, so. Um... What's your what's your big love? Is it acting? Is it is it modeling? Is it poetry? You know, what, what, which one of those things, or if, if at all, which one of those things is your foundation? Oh, I, that, by far and away, it's the acting thing. I mean, the 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 modeling thing was cool, and but it wasn't like it wasn't like it was more part of the hustle. You know what I mean? The the end goal was always to to be you know focused on acting and make that my my livelihood because I I did I went the corporate route and. And it was fun, and you know, it was rewarding, you know, financially and all these other things. But at the end of the day, like that stuff doesn't make you. That stuff didn't make me happy. So, you know, if, if it's one thing to to you know have a bunch of money and 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 obtain the things as you grew up that you thought were important, and then to obtain them and realize that they're not. 
um, you have a responsibility to yourself to change that if that's what you choose to do or you sit around and complain the rest of your life. So my thing was just, you know, really being honest with myself about, you know, what I was passionate about. It was far and away the acting thing. Um, and so as a way, as a, as a means to, um, as a means to, to an end, you know, I did the modeling stuff along with it and commercials and these kinds of things as well to, as part of the hustle to help, you know, pay for acting classes and, you know, stay on the grind. So, but, and, and the poetry stuff, man, I'm telling you, I, I could go a good two, two years without writing and then I could literally sit up and write for like three days straight. It just, it just, when, 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 when I'm inspired, that's when I write. Like, otherwise I just don't, you know, if it's, if I'm not inspired to write anything, I just don't write. Got it, got it, got it. Could we look for like a a, a coffee table book one day or the McKinley Freeman poetic stylings? Man, I think that's a strong possibility, man. I just have to, (laughs) I just just have to get my arms around. um, You know, it's funny. Like when I first moved here, I I, I literally was writing all the time because that was, you know, when I was transitioning from, you know, the corporate world. I said to being a full time actor or, or actually doing both there for a while, and then just focusing just on acting, and I actually wrote quite a bit, and I actually did write, you know, kind of a, a book, um, but it would require me to go back and revisit those things, because at the time, they could have been super deep, and I thought they were profound, and I looked back like, man, he's a nursery rhyme, so, you know, it's like one of those, one of those, one of those right, it just sounds like Dr. Seuss, but, uh, you know, it, would, it just re- required me to kind of go back and, um, and, and you know, kind of reevaluate and reprioritize some of the stuff that I've written over the years, but it's definitely something that I'm that I'd be open to do. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll take one thing at a time. I think right now, um, now that we're on, you know, we're done hitting the fir- shooting the first season and, you know, it's back to auditioning for movies and these kinds of things, I have a little bit more time to figure those kinds of things out. But I, I would love to do something like that. Now, now, is there a pressure? I mean, you're on a hot show. You're on VH1. Is there a pressure to, to hook up with the it girl and y'all become this power couple thing is that do you feel that man no <laughs> not at all not at all bro I'm gonna tell you something man like I, I don't subscribe to pressure from anybody I'm like man at the end of the day I don't, I'm not too concerned about other people's opinion and I mean that in the most respectful way possible I think everybody's entitled to their own opinion and their own point of view and those kinds of things but at the end of the day you know when I go to sleep and wake up in the morning I, I gotta wake up and be responsible for my own choices and you know, I, I can't be. I can't honestly look myself in the mirror and be dating somebody that I don't want to be dating just because somebody else says I should. Um, you know, so like, yeah, that, no, there's no, there's no pressure on that, on that side. At least not yet. I mean, you were only three, we're only three episodes in. You, we talk in two weeks. I could be like, man, they, these mothers are trying to hook me up with so and so. You know what I mean? But for, but for right now, no, nah, man, I'm, that 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 kind of pressure doesn't exist. Oh, I love it. So, so, so you from? Are you from Chicago? Man, I'm from Champaign, Illinois. Uh, it's about an hour and some change south of Chicago. Well, you, but, know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a Chicagoan, so I say I saw Oak Park, Illinois. I'm like, wait a minute, is he from the shop? <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I'm not from. I'm, I'm from Champaign, man. I um, I was born and raised there. Then I lived up in Chicago there for a while, working for um, working for a computer company. But I got family all over the place up there. I got yeah. a cousin on the south side over there, like. 87th and, and Ashland, like 87th and a Dan Ryan over there by the Heralds, you know what I'm talking about. But, yeah, I know exactly. That's my grandmother yeah. right around the corner. You know, I probably yeah, know your yeah. people. <laughs> and they got that, they got that ballad that's like, you know, a little questionable. I think they closed it. But, yeah, man, I spent a lot of time when I go back. But, uh, but no, I was born and raised in Champaign, man. Okay, I, I got to ask you. I know you who. Who you like, uh, San Antonio or, or, or the Heat? 
man, I'm I'm a, um, it's gonna sound weird, man, but I'm I'm pulling for the Heat, man. I think um, you know, at the end of the day, I, and it's just it's primarily for LeBron, man, because I feel like as much as much. Uh, you know, accolades and stuff the dude receives. I still don't think people appreciate how good a ball player he is. Yeah, I mean, he's like he's like six nine, two sixty, can play all five positions. I'm like, yeah, it's almost like I, I said this analogy uh, to one of my boys last last week. The thing about you know when you talk about great players, like even Jordan, like every time every year he was in the league, he should have won MVP. Um, yeah, and, and then you think about a cat like Kobe. You know, you you get so used to seeing him, you forget how good he is. And I, and I said, you know, it's kind of like going to the grocery store and seeing Superman once a week. It's like, man, after a while, you kind of start to forget that he's Superman. Yeah, that's old boy. That's old boy in the blue tights. He become old boy in the blue tights. Look at old boy in the blue tights picking up avocados. You know what I mean? It's like he loses he loses luster a little bit. But like, yo, LeBron is like you get so so used to seeing the dude almost averaging the triple double. It's like, okay, what else he can do? But I'm like, man, let's exactly. take, let's take pause for a second and step back. Like, only one person in the history of the game has done better you know, in terms of almost reaching a triple-double, and that's Oscar Robertson. So I'm like, man, and he's one of the greatest players of all time. So, you know, I, I just – it would be cool for Le, for LeBron to win just to continue to build his resume because I think, you know, I'm a huge Jordan fan, and I always believe right. he'll be the greatest of all time. But, you know, LeBron's going to be like 1B when I think it's – when his career's over, I think. You, you know, I watched um, last night they did a, a thing on NBA TV about Dr. J. And yeah. watching that special helped me put Jordan and LeBron and even Kobe into perspective because yeah. Dr. J only got one ring, and that don't diminish his legacy. No, nah, you know what? Doc, Dr. Doc J. in the ABA was like in his prime, so we don't even have footage of that, you know? Right. Ain't, ain't no pictures of that. No pictures. Just rumors. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> like 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 urban legends. Like this man. Yeah, he's like folklore. Yeah, back. exactly, exactly. But yeah, man, Doc was the truth, and it's like, man, you you we caught Doc on the Doc on the decline. But even yeah. then, he was you know one of the greatest players in NBA history. So, wow, yeah, awesome, man. So as as an athlete, you know, and and you know, making the transition into the acting world, what are some of those tenets you take from that competition? that part of your life, that competition into it as an actor? Man, uh, well, uh, for, first and foremost, to get to the competition, you got to be prepared. And I think the work ethic part that I learned, you know, through, you know, athletics, both in-season and preseason, you know, is it, just part of my life in, in, in whatever arena, whether it be acting or business or whatever, you know, being prepared, doing everything you can, and then, you know, being flexible to be able to change if necessary. Um, but as far as, like, you know, the competition part, it's like, man, at the end of the day, I'm going to be prepared. Like, you know, they always say, you know, success is when opportunity meets preparation. Like, and in, in that equation, the only thing you can control is the preparation part. So, like, man, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. So, I, you know, I stay on point, you know, with the with the workout stuff, stay on point mentally and physically and, and mentally. Um, and it's just, you know, just, you know, being on point and, and making sure that, uh, you know, the, whatever weaknesses I have, I'm continuing on a regular basis to make those strengths and, you know, just being prepared. But like, at the end of the day, I can't be concerned about anybody else. Like, man, when you step on the court, it's a dance. And but you know, an audition, it's like you're not you're not auditioning against somebody else. You go in there and do your thing, and it's it's more like golf than it is basketball. You know, it's like you go in wow. and do your thing, and somebody else goes and does their thing. And like at the end of the day, man, congratulations, you won the Masters. Like, you know, I, I win the PGA, I win the U.S. Open. It's all good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, at the end of the day, I can only control what I control because really, really, man. That's like me asking you, like, you know, w- you know, what do you, 
what do you think about your comp- your other radio competition and, and, and what they're doing? I'm like, man, you don't got the time to be thinking about that, nor do you, nor, nor should you. It's like, man, they're going to do what they do. I'm going to do what I do, and in the end, chips are going to fall where they fall, and I'm going to keep it moving. Like, I'm not I'm not concerned with one bit at all. You know what I mean? Um, hey, hey, you're you absolutely right, man. Hey, I, I can't thank you enough, McKinley, for coming on today, man. The name of the show is Hit the Floor. It's on VH1. It's running now Mondays. You can check him out on there. Or you can just hit him up on Twitter or Instagram. He's at McKinley Freeman, man, um, Midwest homeboy. You know, I'm going you know, to give you a shot because champagne is close. Champagne is close. Champagne is close. And yeah, you know what, man? If you ever out this way and we got something going on, man, definitely give it a heads up. And you know, if you ever need to, you want to holler at me after the season's over or whatever the case may be, man. Let's be in touch. And we'll make it work. Done deal, man. I'm in LA all the time, and uh, actually, probably about I might be out there in July uh, playing a couple of comedy clubs out there. So uh, we hang out, man. And, you know, have a couple right, of drinks. Good, bro. Done deal. Hey, man. Yeah, thanks a lot for coming on, bro. All right, bro. Hey, y'all. It's Roddy Perry. Tune in to Roddy Perry Live. That was my man, McKinley Freeman. The show is Hit the Floor. Check it out. We'll be right back. Y'all stay right there. What's up, everybody around? And I would do anything for love. Oh, I would do anything for love. I would do anything for love. But I won't do anything. 